1: Welcome to
2: episode 68 of the Permaculture Pimpcast, the only pimp cast on planet Earth where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. How you doing, son? I'm good. How are you? Well, really focusing on that preparedness as of late, but we're going to talk yeah. about that later, y'all. This episode brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap from twooldcrows.com.
3: Turn that simp into a pimp.
2: Bam! Also 20% off through the month of February.
3: Yep which we're halfway through now. Yes, yeah, so. So you better
2: get it 20% off with that promo code Pimpcast20. And that's only going to last through the month of so look. Hey, if you're going to be if you're going to be smelling nice and clean and good to go for all year long and get 20% off, you got to get it now. Also brought to you by EMP Shield 50 bucks off with promo code PERMA. P E R M A. Don't forget about those Harvest Right freeze dryers. We got a link down below in the description box. And don't forget also that you can tip a pimp over at the Fountain app. You can listen to all your podcasts over there. You can even kick them up like I do, up to three times the speed. But most importantly, you can tip a pimp. If you like what we're doing, you can pay us out in some Satoshi. You know that word I can't ever pronounce. (laughs) Satoshi. I'm saying (laughs) Toshi. Sats. Sats. Yeah, you better say Sats, Sats, Toshi, whatever the case is. All right, we're going to jump right into it, y'all. Tip of the day. All right. <laughs> so, be it, the tip is, I was you know, I don't ever struggle on, you know, coming up with show ideas or anything like that. But this tip, based on what happened over the last couple of days, and I think you're going to concur, be careful when you're driving through West Virginia.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, there's something. Uh, yeah. There's something going on over there,
2: man. Okay. <laughs> I, I tell you what's going on with that road yesterday. We nearly oh got goodness. into a, yeah, you almost forgot about that. Yeah. We, yeah. So we were heading up to Ohio. Yeah. About a hundred miles away from where that incident happened. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And, um, on the way up there, naturally from North Carolina, we're going to go through West Virginia. I don't know what was going on. The weather was fantastic. It was perfect weather, notwithstanding like the, uh, chemtrails being 60 something. No, it was 70.
3: Well, I mean when we time, No, when we drove through West Virginia, it was like sixty something. Yeah,
2: it was in the sixties. Uh it it was kind of weird and the clouds looked an awful lot like some of that stuff I'd seen in the news, you know, up there in Ohio. But we were going through there and then you got these windy roads now. We live in a part of North Carolina where there's a lot of windy roads, but they don't happen to be interstates.
3: And they also don't happen to be sixty or seventy five miles an hour. <laughs>
2: well, we're going down through there and it was Y'all, I'm telling you, the good Lord had his hand on us because how we missed
3: crashing. Like there was this like, okay, so when you're going through these mountains, there's a hard concrete median down like in the center. And then depending on which side, if you're going up or down, there might be a mountain on the other side or a cliff on the other side. Um, So there were like cones that were blocking off the left lane. It was two lanes. And then there was a utility truck. Like, we're going down the mountain, and there's this utility truck parked halfway on the shoulder. Yeah. Like, I mean, if we halfway that- in the lane, halfway in the shoulder, right before a cop, right before the cones start. And there is absolutely no warning. And there was a big rig. To our right. To our right.
2: So it's not like you're going to pass, and we just missed this guy. And
3: it's not like you see it coming. You're, I mean, you're winding your way down a mountain. You find out when you see it. And you find, like, the thing that astonishes me is that the cop was parked there.
2: Yeah. Like what? This was the dumbest spectacle I'd ever seen in my life. You
3: have this massive utility truck, like one of those guardrail trucks, like they're repairing guardrails or something. You have one of those massive trucks blocking the lights of a cop car. This thing, how we
2: missed it. I I mean, I I would be shocked if there was not a car or truck behind us that didn't hit this thing.
3: I don't know how. I mean, there were vehicles behind us.
2: Yeah, I don't know how this thing did not. I mean, just stopped in the middle of the road. Barely on the shoulder, and it, there was I mean it was just like some miracle that we saw this thing at the last minute. And then yeah. on the way back today, we're coming back. We hit one of the toll booths, it was foggy, it was rainy, it was all that kind of stuff going on. And then you were trying to sleep over in the passenger side. I woke up for this. Well, <laughs> well, on the other side, well, check this out. I'm coming right through where you pay three tolls on the way getting through West Virginia. 80-mile stretch, I think. And you pay three tolls.
3: It ain't going towards infrastructure. You can believe that.
2: Man, we come right on the other side of this toll booth. And there's some another person, almost the same exact thing, busted up car on the side of the road. Of course, I'm rolling over the debris. That's how bad it happened. Yeah. You woke up like, what happened? I'm like, man, I just rolled over all kinds of debris <laughs> in the road. These people... I guess just crap. I didn't see it, but it must have just happened wow. moments before then. And then I don't even know how many cars, uh, trucks turned over. Yeah, there was that uh, one
3: covered in mud. Every, every single time I drive out to Tony's in Tennessee, Tony, there, Tony, uh, Tony from the confessional, sorry guys. Every time I drive out to there, there is a semi like on its side every single time.
2: I don't even know how many vehicles we saw laid over and it was, I mean, it was just rain and I'm like, okay, the basic speed rule, man. I don't even know, but I'm seeing big rigs doing idiotic things. Like, I mean, there's times through there I'm going 85 maybe, but I'm in a car that hugs the road. There is no way a big rig should be turning those. It should be making those turns the way I am, you know? And even, you know, he, you even said, hey, maybe you ought to slow down a little bit. And I was I like, said
3: that a few times.
2: Well, it was it was it was safe for the vehicle we were in. But at the same time, there is no way a big rig should no way on earth. And I'm like, what is going on, man? I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But y'all look tip of the day just be real careful when you're rolling up through West Virginia
3: <laughs> tip of the day is drive around.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know what was going on, with I don't know what, I don't, I can't even remember what interstate it was. We hit a couple through there, but yeah, just stay alert, stay alive when you're rolling through there. All right. So, uh, to the farm news, you're probably wondering what on earth, why were we driving into the belly of the beast up in Ohio? Cause we were about a hundred miles away from there. Well, We went up there and we linked up with Seth Holhouse of um, the Man in America podcast.
3: I keep wanting to call it Man on Fire. Is that a thing somewhere?
2: I don't know, but it's Man in America where he is. So he lives up in Ohio. I reached out to him a while back and we, you know, became fast friends. And William and I hung out with he and his wife talking about a great many things. And I got to say, y'all, I got a download and a half. And his wife man i'm she's Australian, but I'm telling you what man you talk about out of the box thinking,
3: yeah, yeah, definitely
2: I mean both of them both of them are wicked smart and very informed, and you know we talked about a great many things that I can't you know I'm not going to bring up here, I didn't get liberty to do so, but learned a ton of awesome stuff, and I think they learned a few things from us as well, I hope so, yeah, so it was a really good really, really good trip, and um the crazy thing was, it was like that thing with Joel Salatin where we um, we were down in South Carolina. Yeah. And farm where you live, it was the funniest thing in the world, y'all. So here I am with my hero, Joel Salatin, as you all know. And we they took us to this real highfalutin restaurant. I mean, the kind of place where you stick your pinky up. I mean, it wasn't so pretentious that, you know, you couldn't go in with regular clothes on. But we felt yeah. like pigs on roller skates up in there thinking, okay, man, I, don't, I think we got the wrong place, man. I don't think we're dressed for this. Well, Joel was gracious and honestly, sitting down just letting him talk. Is, you mean Seth? No, Joel. I'm talking about Joel down in South Carolina. Oh, I got you. Well, anyway, we we sit down to this meal. We're hearing Joel just tell all these awesome stories, and you know I'm soaking it all in. We all are, and uh, we're leaving. And then the funniest thing is, these folks I didn't know who they were. And they came up to us and they said, uh, hey, you mind if we get a picture? And I'm like, oh, well, let me step out of the way. They're like, no, with you. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it's always embarrassing when people ask me that because I know the full extent of my stupidity and arrogance. (laughs) So um, I said, well, you mean Joel Salatin, right? Because, I mean, who am I? And, I mean, I'm chopped liver. And they're like, never heard of him. And, of course, we all, Joel himself even starts laughing I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll take a picture. Well, the same sort of thing kind of happened yesterday, last night, as a matter of fact, this time last night. And we were in this restaurant, really great restaurant, great food.
3: Yeah, great burgers.
2: Man, I'll tell you, those lamb burgers I intend to recreate over here yeah. in the Hacienda. But, um, you know, somebody says, hey, they yell across the restaurant. They're like, hey, I think that's Billy from Perma Pastures Farm. and I'm like, man, okay, maybe I heard something. <laughs> These folks follow us out there. I, I I get them to come out there, and they're just fantastic people. And we know, didn't ask
3: permission to give their names or anything. Yeah, like so, that,
2: so yeah, we can't do that. So I'll give them a shout out also on the YouTube because these folks bought us dessert.
3: Yeah, yeah. I got a cheesecake that was off the hook, and Dad got what did you I get? Got carrot carrot cake. Yeah. Why on earth did you get carrot cake?
2: Well, because they didn't have what I really wanted. They'd run out. We caught them kind of late, and so they were mostly sold out of all yeah. their. I was going to get something else, but Seth and them got the other thing. I, man, there, there was not, I was so hungry at that point. Yeah. I'd have ate a hot dog, dude. I didn't even care. I was at that point, I was like, man, I don't even care what it is. I'd already eaten that lamb burger and the fries, all of which were fantastic. And um, so, yeah, we had a fantastic time talking to them and talking, you know, to the folks that bought our dessert. Right. And they were just fantastic people. It was such a joy to meet them. But I got to say, I mean, naturally, people are going to be saying, well, were you concerned? Well, son, were you at all concerned about where we were in Ohio? We were about 100 no. miles away from.
3: Yeah, we were upwind. Um, I wasn't, no, I wasn't really concerned with it. And our, and our exposure would have been very minimal if we were exposed to anything. Well, we so. were
2: outside all day yesterday, but, you know.
3: Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't feel any different. Do you? No, not at
2: all. I mean, of course, when you, you know, folks, everybody out in the sound of my voice, you know what it's like whenever you go to one of these festivals or whenever you find yourself in a company, because nearly all of us feel like we're just isolated. Okay. But you know how it is that when you go to one of these festivals, I know because I talk to you and when we meet each other out there, it's like the ice has already been broken because you know already that we have in common this shared joy of this lifestyle. And when you do it, you automatically, the ice is already broken. So the feeling out period doesn't really exist. And I feel that same way whenever I meet anybody out there, when you meet me, we already kind of know each other because we share this joy for this love of this lifestyle and what we do. You feel the same way when you're in a group of, you know, like when you're around a preparedness group, you know, the intro is very well and the preparedness groups are a little bit different because there's always this feeling out period because, you know, it's not like they don't get along you do absolutely they're just not going to tell you their innermost secrets until you get past the dating phase so, yeah. be, so to speak yeah. well the same thing we're up there in ohio i'm not going to say where because i want to respect their privacy and and obviously where they live you know you don't want to tell the whole world about it and you know we're up there you know having great conversations talking about their land looking at what they've done and i got to say man there's a whole lot of people out there that talk they talk the talk but you don't necessarily know that they walk the talk.
3: Right. This this was astonishing to see how much they got done in such a short period of time with really a very limited working experience doing any kind of permaculture.
2: Well, uh Seth's wife and she's also like I said y'all, you talk about out of the box thinking. Yeah. Man, she um she knocked my socks off in so many different ways in in so many different where we were kind of cross not kind of that's exactly what we were doing we were up there for a visit but we were cross-pollinating at the same time right. i guess you can call it that yeah so we're learning how they do their podcast and they're learning from us you know ways in which they can help out their their place yeah so it was i mean you talk about a mutualistic relationship but it was in addition to that when we sat down and we're sitting there i'm listening to them and they're listening to us And it's like one of those nights that you never want to end because you're just having such a wonderful time. And you realize these people are real folks doing real stuff. They're very, they're just like us, man. They're up from dawn till dusk working. Um, That's, I I think that's what a lot of people don't realize, man, is that all of this stuff, stuff takes a great deal of work.
3: Yeah, it does. Yeah, it really does, especially when you're just starting uh, like a new thing.
2: Yeah, so you don't know what you don't know, and then when you get there and you meet a couple of pros that do this sort of thing, and you realize, okay, well, good night. I mean, boy, yeah. you talk about a professional operation, man. Oh,
3: yeah. that Their setup is awesome.
2: I'll tell you what. It was more, when I was doing radio at KMBZ in Kansas City, their... Setup was more impressive. Yeah, in every single way, because you've been in that studio at that at KMBZ.
3: Oh, I don't remember that. I was I must have been little.
2: You were little at the time, but you were there a couple of times with me.
3: Yeah, sorry, Dad. And, yeah, <laughs> I don't well, remember that.
2: well, I do, and I remember it specifically, man. You talk about a professional setup, professional people, and folks. I, I can't recommend highly enough. One of my go-to podcasts is Man in America podcast, and.
3: It, for, for what specifically?
2: Okay, yeah, that's a good reason because a lot of people ask me, you know, what podcast do you listen to? And, you know, I gave, uh, I can't remember what episode it was, but a while back, man, I went down the whole litany of everything. Yeah. You know, and Man in America wasn't listed among them because, or maybe it was, I don't think it was at the time because I didn't yet discover them. Well, what I listen for is they have on, there's no hyperbole. That is what I love most about that podcast is that it's just the facts. They get on fantastic guests. Seth isn't the consummate professional in asking questions. I mean, he can tease out things in these people without being a jerk and he's not throwing any softballs, but he's masterful at how he's able to tease out things in these folks because I've listened to other interviews and he gets things out of people that necessarily you don't always get. So when, um, I'm not sure. Well, well, a friend a while back, um, I'll just say she lives in Tennessee and, um, she turned me on to this guy and I was like, okay, I'll check it out. I listened to it and I'm like, okay, I absolutely love, there's no fluff. There's no nothing else. It's just the facts. And he, and he does it in a very entertaining way. They're not overly selling you anything. And it's to the point, and he gets fantastic results out of all of these guests. So to go up there and reach out to him and say, hey, why don't you teach me this podcast game? You yeah. know, Why don't you help me be better at this craft? If I'm going to do it, y'all, I don't know how to do anything halfway. I mean anything. If I'm going to be a farmer, I'm going to be the best I can possibly be. If I'm going to be a permaculture designer, I'm going to be the best I can possibly be. It doesn't matter what I put my hands on, y'all. If I'm going to do it, I don't see any reason I'm going to try to do anything halfway. So when we go up there and we say, hey, you know what? I'll help you out with whatever you have on your farm if you show me what's going on with this podcast game right? and how we can make our production better, how we can do all these different things. And I'm telling you what, man, they hit it out of the park. And Yeah, they
3: really did. Yeah,
2: And I know we put our best forward also trying to help them out. So I'm really, really pleased about going up there. So as far as the farm news, y'all, that's the big thing right there is that if I'm going to do this, Why would I go six hours away when I'm already up to my eyeballs in so many things? Well, it's, I will go and I've, I've suggested this and I've pleaded to everyone in this listening audience. If it is not too much of a burden, go, if it's possible, anywhere you can to get the training you need to find out what you need to know to be the best at what you, what you can do. I don't care if it's out there. Look, if you're trying to learn how to do grazing, go see Greg Judy. Go see Joel Salatin. Yeah. You want to know how to do orcharding? Well, go up there and see Stefan Subkowiak. If you want to know how to... Okay, maybe in the future you want to come see us because we do an amalgamation of a food forest and an orchard that is a combination of at least 10 people. Yeah, we're heavy in the um Subkoviac department. We're definitely heavy in the um Jeff Lawton department. For sure. We're heavy also in Elaine Ingham. We're heavy also... In um, Paul Gauchy, we're heavy in all these things. So it's not what we're doing. I guess if you say if there's any level of originality in it, it's an amalgamation of all these wonderful teachers. We've cut and pasted the very best that we think is the very best in all their systems to come up with a system that I don't know that you can claim it's ours, but it's because I, I give attribution as often as I can.
3: It's the pimp method.
2: There you go. Yep. There you go. I guess you can call it that. I mean, it's really a combination of all these people. And, you know, I couldn't be more pleased with it. So I guess if we have a method of our own, it's not. It's really just a cut-and-paste method of all these wonderful people, these fantastic teachers. So, folks, you know, just like I told you, they're walking the talk up there, and they really are. Now, do they need a little guidance on a couple of things? Yeah, that's part of why we were there, to help them out. But they helped us out every bit as much. And honestly, some of the insider information that we got to, man, was just absolutely fantastic. Oh, for sure. So we're going to cover. So Michelle was back here knocking out all this stuff by herself.
3: Uh, I think Kendra helped her with the animals this morning.
2: Yeah, so that was awesome. So, yeah, we we definitely get it done. All right, y'all. With that said, we're going to move right into
1: the homesteading pastor himself, Pastor Lon. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Yes, we're living in perilous times today. As it seems like week after week, the devil shows his hand even more. And even though the tides are rising, even though the winds are blowing, Even though the devil is not hiding his evilness anymore, he's all in our face. We can rest assured because we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he will not let us down. He will strengthen us, he will help us, and he will uphold us with his righteousness. So I encourage you today as believers in God Almighty and saved by the blood of Jesus, trust in him, walk well with him today, and stand firm upon the word of God.
2: Amen to all of that and goodness, man. It's like every single time Pastor Lon puts out something, I can absolutely apply it. I mean, good night, man. The Lord had us in his hands, definitely uh, driving. For sure. No two ways about that. So once again, y'all check out Pastor Lon, Homesteading Pastor. Check out Homesteading Pastor on YouTube. You will be glad you did. That's also my pastor. So um, look forward to linking up with him here in the near future, hopefully in one way or another. All right, y'all, we're going to jump right into the bad news, good news section. Also, I want to say as a um, look, y'all, we're going to be making transitions here. So the music, it's kind of disappointing, man.
3: Yeah, <laughs> so why don't you tell them about that? So we're going to have to stop using copywritten music. <laughs> which, that sucks, man, because I, I love loud. the Gap man. <laughs> Now that I said it out loud, it sounds ridiculous that we're complaining about it. But yeah, we got to stop using copywritten music because we're going to start putting these on YouTube. Um like the the podcast and stuff like that. So uh yeah. Yeah, and we like there's issues with um well, I don't wanna I don't wanna go into that. Yeah. We'll skip that part. We what... we just can't use copywritten music with the intent to sell anything.
2: Right. So with the intent that we're gonna, you know, move this over also for those who want to see it on YouTube or whatever the case, or on Rumble or Brighton, right. all the different places we're gonna post this thing. We're gonna to have to come up with original stuff. Now, the blessing to us is, is that Joel Thomas, we had him on a little while ago. Um, Joel Thomas makes a lot of original music, so we use some of his, maybe even reach out to Sean Chris and see if he can. Yeah. And also maybe even testimony, she might even have some music we could use as well. Um, either way, um, we're gonna go out there and try to put on put on focus a lot of these people who do original things. We we try as often as we can to promote these things. So if you have original music out there, y'all, and maybe you want us to try to showcase it on here, I don't have a problem with that. In fact, the majority, I mean, in fact, who do you have queued up today? Monty Montgomery?
3: No. No, we have today, we have Joel. We okay. Have, yeah, because we, we got to get out of the copyrighted music, Dad.
2: Yeah, so, I, well, I didn't know you were going to start that part today because we started off with the Gap Band. But the point being, y'all, we try as often as we can to promote everybody out there, people that are doing really cool stuff, Um, so we're going to also do as much as we can to promote some of these people out there. Maybe you've never heard of, maybe they have great music. Also, we're going to have to figure out collages for musics and stuff like that. All right. Straight into the bad news, good news section. Like I said before, y'all putting our friends on blast in a good way. Renewed homestead on the way up there. I know, I know Ben and Denise, if they knew where we were going, I didn't even tell them because I figured, man, they're probably thinking we are out of our minds and, uh, Dude, I've
3: been hearing it from Denise.
2: Yeah. Denise was like, you need to turn around right now, take <laughs> your butt right back home. But yeah, on the way up there, um, I told William, Hey, you have got to link this thing from uh renewed homestead. Another channel you ought to check out y'all they're doing great things, especially for all you folks building a homestead from the bottom up. that have never done it before. Well, they're hitting it out of the park and they're good friends. And, um, they gave us this link to this article Actually, you need to check out their YouTube and go get it because as far as I know at the time, they were the only ones uh, talking about
3: it. I think it's their latest short that they put out.
2: Yes, go check it out and subscribe. You'll be glad you did. They were talking about the avian flu and what the government's trying to do in a nutshell. Basically, what this could portend is our inability to ship birds across state lines. Man, this is getting ridiculous, y'all. And the reason I'm pointing this out is we're gonna to have to fight it. They go to them, they're gonna give you links, they're gonna tell you how you fight it, and you're gonna to have to reach out. Yeah, I know, reaching out to a lot of these poll cats in Washington. We're gonna do everything we can from a legal standpoint, but look, I'm gonna tell you where I stand on this. I've said it before, I'm gonna say it again. I do not obey unjust laws. They're gonna to have to take me to jail. I'm bottom line on this. And then when I sit in front of a jury because I'm going to demand a jury trial if I ever get taken to court for something like this, you're going to, I'm going to demand, I'm going to hope and pray that they do a little Tom Woods jury nullification. You know, I'm going to hope that some juror is going to hear this case and they're going to put me in a slammer for moving birds across state lines. And somebody on that jury is going to say, this is a crock of nonsense. I will not convict this guy because guess what? Through my jury nullification, I'm not going to put him in jail or her in jail. I mean, let me get called into a court case. (laughs) Let me be on a jury where they're trying to put somebody in the slammer for a nonviolent offense or, well, there are
3: offenses. Okay. Uh, Did they forget that birds fly? That birds don't care about state lines? Yeah. That they migrate and stuff like that? How about that? Well, these chickens just... Grew better wings.
2: (laughs) I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to sit here and say, I don't know what y'all are talking about. These are dogs. They identify (laughs) as dogs. That's exactly what I'm going to do. If a guy or girl out there can go be a trans testicle or whatever it is, and then go tell all the kids on this planet that it's okay to do that. Well, I can ship birds across the state line. Y'all, we have got to start fighting this nonsense because honestly, like we talked last week, we had a minor victory in terms of, um, you know, the second amendment. And it's not even a victory. They're just making the fight right now. And here we are. They're going to, these are wars they intend to win, not in miles, but in inches. And this is how they do it. And the way I'm going to fight back, I'm not playing. I'm not going to play along with their stupid, idiotic games. I'm not going to eat bugs. I'm not going to eat crickets. And the only way we fight back, y'all, is first trying it with every legal option possible. And then if not, You're going to send my mail to the county jail because I'm not playing. I'm not, I'm not, I am a free man. Just like tag always says he has that hat that he gave me. It says free man on it. Well, guess what? You're a free woman. I mean, you're a free trans testicle if you want to be, but at the end of the day, it's only free if you work within the bounds of what they say is okay. Guess what? Y'all, I'm going to try not to lose my mind on this. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and move on to the, What's good- the good news. Yeah. Look, I mean, well, first of all, the good news is we know about it. And just like they said in GI Joe, you know, knowing's half the battle. <laughs> go over there and check out the, you're going to find the link at Renewed Homestead. Go check it out and put foot to butt and, you know, do something about it. You know, reach out to these folks, do everything you can. Let them know you are pissed off. Yes, I said it. You are pissed off, and you ain't going to put up with this nonsense anymore. Y'all, I am so angry with the things that are unfolding right now, and it's all I can do to keep my top. But you know what?
3: What's <sighs> some good news, Dave? Yeah,
2: well, the good news, Pastor Lon just delivered right there, but I'm going to have to remember that. Okay, well, here's part of the good news. is um, I went to the barber before we went on up to Ohio, right? Yeah. And she's... Uh, she's, I, she brought it up. I mean, I went to a barber. I normally don't go to, um, I've been to her before and she's a Hispanic lady. And, um, usually the conversations in there, I usually don't say much in a barber chair, but I was talking this day because she brought up the topic of, Hey, she's like, Hey, uh, you, she just out of nowhere said, Hey, do you, uh, buy any of this stuff with the UFO? And I'm like, I'm like, before I poison the well, I want to get her point of view. I said, "Well, why don't you tell me what you think about it?" And then she starts in a lower, in a, almost a whisper. She started out that way, saying, "You know, I don't believe any of this. I don't believe it." And this was on Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. She's telling me about this, and I'm sitting in the chair. She she's kind of all over the place. She's telling me about the tamales she's going to make tonight. And uh, how it's Valentine's Day. And then I go to tell her, hey, I don't, I don't really celebrate any federal holidays. And I definitely don't celebrate <laughs> Valentine's Day. I'm not, you know, I don't, need, I don't need some federal holiday from the powers that shouldn't be to tell me it's okay to tell my wife I love her or the people in my life that I love them. So I don't celebrate those things. But anyway, she goes on and says, you know, um, back to the thing about the UFO. She says, you know, I think there's UFOs out there, but I don't believe this. She says, yeah. I, man, you could have knocked me over with a feather. And normally in a barber chair, I'm really not interested in having a whole lot of conversation. In fact, as you know, I'm not a big fan of chatty barbers, man. Yeah. I, because I'm, I, just I need you to get, focus. Yeah, I just want <laughs> you to do this right and get me out of here without cutting one side higher than the other, which seems to happen a lot. And I'm telling you what, I didn't even care about the haircut, man. I'm sitting here listening to this lady drop manhole covers. And this is a woman who typically does not care. I've been to her before. Typically, her conversations do not at all care about things that are going on in this world of any consequence. But I'm telling you what, she got woke in a good way because she's sitting here telling me she doesn't buy this, that it's one giant deflection. And I'm telling you what, y'all, that's why I put it in the good news section. That's why. Because she's sitting here telling me... People are waking up. They are. Or at least
3: asking questions.
2: Well, and look what it took. She gets in and talks about the eggs. Talking about, hey, you know, this is costing me a fortune. I'm a barber. I don't make a whole lot of money. And these eggs. And then she's going on about some of this other stuff. And she's like, I just think it's all just one giant distraction. She's like, you're telling me this is the first UFO they shot down? I said, well, was it even a UFO? Yeah. Was it a... And then she has this eureka moment right there while I'm sitting in the chair. She's like, you know what? I didn't see any debris. And I'm yeah. like, there you go. yeah, There you go. So that's good news, y'all. Another little good news section. It's, off, it's, it's, it's good news in a different way. There's a 23-year-old lady, young lady, um, rode 3,000 miles across the Atlantic. She set a new record for females. And, you know, it's, I didn't know people did this all the time. What? Yeah, I didn't know people <laughs> just rode across the Atlantic, man. Like I mean a rowboat? Yeah. Yeah, she's sitting over there in this giant rowboat, and she rode this thing 3,000 miles across the Atlantic. And I'm thinking, okay, first of all, there's a whole bunch of questions going on here. Yeah. Okay, so you had this guy named Thor Heyerdahl. This is years ago. Basically kind of made a wicker canoe. And did it and came across the Atlantic in it to show that, you know, it would not have been impossible. And I could have this totally wrong, but he was basically showing that it wouldn't be impossible for Vikings to get over here.
3: Vikings made made better than Wicker too.
2: Yeah. They were making some (laughs) long You know, it's almost a guarantee. So you're not going to tell me that Columbus got here or the Egyptians didn't get here, which don't even get me started on that. And the grand Canyon and and all the Egyptian things that were found in there. That's some esoteric stuff, but you know that's really not a podcast about that, but it's really interesting stuff. But this girl, as far as the good news category man, this is stuff that really lifts your spirits. when you see what the human you know, here we are where everybody does all these wonderful feats electronically. Yeah. so when you find somebody that does something extraordinary like this, I don't care how many people did it, man, you rode 3,000 miles. I went 340 miles in a canoe in the world's longest nonstop river race, and she went 3,000 miles.
3: At least the Vikings brought help. She did it by
2: herself. That's what I'm talking about, man. She. <laughs> and then you hear all these other feats. These are the things we got to kind of focus on, y'all, because she's doing things that have never been done before. Well, she broke a world record, so that's never been done before. These are the things I'm talking about that we got to kind of focus on and pull ourselves because, honestly, it was difficult. I'm sitting here looking for – for every one bad news thing, I'm going to try to give you two good news things. And I, in my view, this hits the mark, man. That girl hit it out of the park, in my view. Yep. They don't want the
1: individual just to carve a copy. She's spitting that manicotti, yeah, I'm talking saucy. All they want to build is a prison world full of pet tamagotchis. They got me out of body like I'm Goku SS3. They want to push me to the center like a saw they want to spill my breath in.
2: I'd love to be able to take that son and turn it into our new montage because yeah. the more I listen to that song, and that's from Joel Thomas, y'all, and Van Tesla. Um, it's that part in the song. I'm usually not much into rap and all that sort of thing, but it's that part where I will never bow down because I'm a warrior, and I am. And folks, all of you are out are, out there are warriors as well. Now, you may be a prayer warrior. You may be a like a physical warrior you may be a fighter but all of us to some extent or another have got to be warriors adversity makes men prosperity makes monsters and good night we've been prosperous for entirely too long and we're going to need more warriors so some maybe we can get joel maybe we can hire him to make us a little montage in the beginning
3: out of his music
2: yeah because the real truth of it is y'all i i know we played that a couple of weeks in a row but i just i feel that i mean and it It puts wind in my sails because I am a warrior. I'm going to show people, and I don't care what the consequences are. I'm going to show people how to grow their food. I'm going to show them how to do it guerrilla garden style. I'm going to show them how to team up with people. I'm going to do the very opposite of what the powers that shouldn't be are telling us what to do. Well, speaking of the powers that shouldn't be, let's jump right into it, man. Folks, if you haven't, if you had, if you don't know already, I'm going to break the news to you. <laughs> this is a topic. You're on your own. Remember, this podcast is about permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. If you think about it, I'm just saying the same thing three times. Yep. Because all of them, when you really break down to it, I mean, like I wear that sweatshirt all the time, and everybody wants one. The one that says permaculture preparedness. Yeah. You can get that from Eric Sider, y'all. Go check out his YouTube channel. Without a doubt, the ballinest apparel on the planet when you do what we do here. And I think everybody should get one of those hoodies. This is permaculture preparedness. Because really, you are on your own. If you didn't learn that from what just happened up in Ohio, okay, if yeah. you didn't learn it then, let me give you some other examples. Some maybe you want to give me an amen on this. And in fact, some of you other folks that have been paying attention for a while, some of you folks may not even know about this stuff. But let me just bring up a couple of things here. You know what? Every time you go out, I can't even eat shrimp no more. I can't even eat fish anymore. because, And that's my favorite yep. food. Seafood is my favorite, especially ocean-caught fish. I can't even eat it if it came on, off the West Coast. You want to know why? It's because they're not looking out for you. Fukushima Daiichi plants. Remember that happened a little while ago? Remember You remember hearing about that? Yeah, have you noticed that nobody in the prostitute media, has said a word about it. The only person that keeps it going out there is John B. Wells from, um what's his podcast? Midnight. Uh, uh, yeah, Caravan to Midnight. Yeah, yeah. your mom subscribed, and um, or at least was. I think there were some technical difficulties, and I don't know that she's resubscribed. But the only person that has kept that thing afloat, to my knowledge, was John B. Wells. And everybody else quit talking about it. So if you don't know... In a nutshell, you had this earthquake, which, by the way, huh? Yeah, sure. Resembled. There was a whole lot of things about that earthquake that happened that basically, you know, took that nuclear powered plant and turned it on its side. Looks like Godzilla walked all over Japan after that thing was all said and done. Well, anyway, that thing has been spewing nonstop radiation from that day until this day, right now. It's still happening. All over the Pacific, most of, in fact, last reports I saw that all the killer whale pods that were up around Canada Mm -hmm. and around, you know, Oregon and all those places, Washington State, all those killer whale pods basically haven't had another live birth since. Yeah. So these are top predators, y'all. They're not, I can't even go fishing over there in the Queen Charlotte Islands anymore. Came back with what? 200 pounds of salmon fillets. And, um, halibut. Well,
3: didn't they cancel the seasons re- recently? Well, they canceled the, with the crab season. Yeah. Didn't they cancel the salmon season?
2: Well, the crab season was on the uh, East coast, but still, yeah. <laughs> but over there, to my knowledge, you can't even get salmon anymore over there. I mean, I'm, would you want to eat it?
3: Yeah. 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 That's a good point. I mean, they're just, they're not looking out for like nobody, nobody in a government, uh, place is going to be looking out for you. They
2: don't care. They hate you. They hate your guts. And the second we all come to terms with that, we're going to have to realize, okay, they're not looking out for me, but you know who is your neighbor down the way they're looking out for you. You know, I like to think that we're looking out for you because we're, we're telling you the straight scoop. Yeah. All of this stuff is not always going to be rosy and stuff. I have got to point this out. Fukushima is still kicking out as much radiation. They're dumping this stuff into the oceans for crying out loud, and nobody's talking about it.
3: They're telling people in Ohio right now that the water is safe to drink, that it is perfectly fine to drink right oh, now. Oh,
2: now they're kind of easing into, oh, you might want to get a little bit of bottled water out there, nephew. Wow. Yeah, now well, they're no, finally no. pointing it so out. So they're
3: saying that on the news, but if you listen to like what the, the people are saying while they're there, like the people that are there, if you listen to what they're saying, they are being told to drink the water. Like, it's fine.
2: Or bathe in it.
3: Yeah, you know, or, or go to out there, stay in the area.
2: Yeah, they're not telling these people, hit the bricks. You need the Diddy Mal up out of here. They're not telling you that. Okay, so Fukushima, I gave you that one. Here's another one I think most people forgot about. How about the Gulf oil spill? Yep. Let me tell you what you don't know about this stuff, folks. So in that Gulf oil spill, remember the Exxon Valdez that happened up in Alaska? Let me tell you a part of that story that the mainstream prostitutes aren't going to tell you. Okay, so they use this chemical called Corexit, and the idea is, and it's insanity when you stop to think about it, so oil floats, right? Well, they spray Corexit on it, and it makes that oil sink to the bottom. It doesn't decompose, which, by the way, if you just leave oil out there, natural microbial action will actually eat that stuff up.
3: Yeah, uh, Jeff Lawton mentioned multiple times putting crude oil in compost for the jealous uh, the gel effect.
2: Well, if you leave it out there, if you leave it in the ocean, microbes will break it down, okay? In a healthy ocean. So what happens is they went up there at the Exxon Valdez and they sprayed this Corexit over everything. It sank that oil, but you know what nobody's talking about? What? They're just about every if I'm not mistaken, every person that was involved in that so-called cleanup is dead. I don't doubt it. Dead as can be because they were out there spraying this Corexit. Okay, so now let's fast forward on over to the Gulf oil spill. That same chemical, Corexit, they sat there, sprayed it all over that, the Gulf. Mm -hmm. Sank all of that oil down to the bottom. And then where do you think all those crabs and the shrimp and all that, where do you think they hang out? On the bottom. So who do you think bio-accumulated all that garbage, that core exit that they put out there? And guess what? Shrimping industry, they're still collecting that stuff, and you're eating it. Yep. So I can't even eat shrimp no more unless it came, I don't know, I might even, I might even. Vietnam, eat it. It came maybe? From Vietnam. Yeah. But okay, how much Agent Orange did we spray over there? Yeah. I mean, are we still feeling the effects there? These people are proactively destroying the planet. You know, I'm a farmer, and a lot of you out there, you know, I don't care if you're growing mushrooms in your closet. Guess what? You're a farmer. You got to eat this stuff. You need a planet, just like I do. And they are out there poisoning this stuff. Nobody's talking about this Gulf oil spill, nobody's talking about the multitude of Superfund sites. How about New Orleans? You know, that place came in there. You know, we forgot all about that hurricane that came in there. And those people were largely abandoned.
3: You mean when we blew up the levees? Oh
2: yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, there's a lot of evidence about that.
3: <laughs> or when we stalled Katrina.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> <Which> yeah, <one? laughs> how about that? Yeah, well, Katrina, not to mention that one hurricane that just stalled over um Harvey. Yeah. Harvey. Over Houston. Yep. Did an impossible thing. And then the ones the three, before we went to that self reliance festival, just hit Florida. And yep. guess what? They stalled over Florida.
3: What Things about that, New Zealand right now? Thank you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All these things, y'all, right now, like I said, I know this is a little on the wild side, but you got to know about this stuff. You got to know. You can't just bury your head and think, oh, I want to hear happy stuff. It ain't going to happen all the time. I got to keep you aware. Remember, stay alert, stay alive. That's our tagline. You can't stay alive if you don't know about this stuff. So right now, over there in Turkey, there was a Romanian lady and it's finally starting to get legs. She did this last week. She's a, uh, I mean, wicked smart. And I looked at the translation, my buddy Barrett sent it to me. And now I'm saying, you know, it's on Steve Quayle's website. I think Mike Adams might've covered it too. She is out there blowing the whistle on these earthquake weapons that we have with, by the, I want to say it was 1996, William Cohen or whoever it was at that time that was in charge of the the defense department openly admitted that we had these things that not only that we have them. But a lot of other nations out there have these weapons, and she is claiming that they have the goods on. And well, she's calling for the death penalty, basically, for anybody that's responsible. As she for should, doing. yeah. So what? Forty thousand people murdered in Turkey, and like you pointed out, what was the
3: phenomenon you noticed? There was lightning the night. Okay, so
2: not, not just. I'm talking. I'm talking in terms of. There's no coverage.
3: Oh, there's no coverage. Like the I was getting information on the earthquake from Reddit. Reddit is not known for a reliable news source. Like it's it's known for being and and Mike Adams put out like with that podcast, that episode we we're listening to today, he made a good point. Here's one thing that liberals are very very good at, pointing out like like uh grassroots liberals are very good at pointing Excellent. out the wrongdoings of corporations. Excellent. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah, they they were you know they were all anti-war until Obama got in there, and then all the anti-war left. They just kind of disappeared. But he's absolutely correct.
3: And then they were like, drones are awesome. But- yeah,
2: yeah. How about that? <laughs> so I mean, like we drove through West Virginia, all the mountaintop removal that's over there. Um, Good night poisoning the water. Oh yeah. And if you look at a lot of the residents around there, man, you can see the effects of it. I mean, a lot of these folks are having problems. I mean, your mom is. This is what she went to college for. This is what she got her degree from KU in was she knows all. She has forgotten more about this stuff than we will ever know. I
3: remember her practicing presentations on us.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, your mom graduated with honors and she knows more about this stuff than most people will ever know. Plus, she researches it on her own. Look at the mountaintop removal. Look at what happened there and look at what's happening now.
3: That would be a good episode with these people. That would be a good episode with yeah, her.
2: Yeah, we ought to we ought to rope her into talking about some of this stuff because yeah. nobody knows more about these things that I'm telling you right now, folks, than Michelle.
3: And um, the the hard thing is going to be keeping her calm while she's telling yeah, you about it.
2: Yeah, man, she's going to go straight, Shaniqua, on this podcast, <laughs> man. When she gets to talking about this, yeah, she can go absolutely ghetto with talking about a lot of this stuff.
3: Y'all have no idea how confused I was as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well. Folks, what I'm getting at here, I just gave you a, believe me, from the top of my head, I could really fill up a few pages of this, but what I'm giving you, what I'm trying to lay out here, folks, you have got to build enclaves of people who are preparing. You have got to prepare yourself. So when, you, when you're building your homestead, when you're looking at all these things you need to put together, yeah, I know it feels daunting. But no matter where you are, you better be thinking, like Gerald Salenti often says, gold, guns, and a getaway plan. He calls it uh, GC's three G's. Gold, gun, and a getaway plan. You get the point. You better be thinking about this stuff. I know we haven't talked about preparedness as a topic in general for quite some time. But in light of everything going on, folks, these are not, I don't believe for a minute these things are accidents. I don't. Now, one thing I cited here, in fact, I can give you the goods on all of it, but I can't really get into it in any great detail because of our format. But you're not going to tell me that, oh, lo and behold, they just have this film on Netflix yeah. filmed in the same place. This same thing just happened. You know, I did work a while back for Burlington Northern Santa Fe, and this is years ago, um, and I mean like 15, 20 years ago. And I remember them talking about all these safeties, these safeguards they had back then at BNSF for whenever, you know, the wheels got hot or the axles weren't doing what they were. They had numerous things that were designed for exactly this kind of thing. And then also, son, you know, the thing that burns me up about this whole thing up there, these are clearly unbelievably toxic materials. So why aren't you treating it like nitroglycerin? Yeah. (laughs) Why aren't you treating it like it is?
3: Well, because they were mislabeled for cheaper shipping.
2: Yeah. How about that? Yeah.
3: So why? why.
2: So when you get down to brass tacks, folks, at the end of the day, they don't care about you. I remember going to work and I've told this story numerous times. I might even have said it on this podcast. I remember working at this, um, as a union electrician, I've done a lot of work all over this country and you work in a lot of different places. So I've worked in a lot of different environments. I remember working in Winniewood, Oklahoma, and them telling me that it was cheaper to pay for our death benefits than it was to upgrade that plant.
3: I ask, also, it was a Cooper factory in Texarkana, wasn't it?
2: Cooper Tire? Yeah. Yeah, there was a lady, um, and I wasn't there for this, but they told me that they didn't have any safeguards on their machines, Yeah, right? So they had these old antiquated machines in there, and man, what they described, there was this one thing that would g- drag this rubber and I saw the machine. I worked all over that place. And it would take this, these pieces of rubber and they run them through these presses like these two giant rollers. They say they got a hold of this woman, dragged her up through that roller. Oh, man. And good night, man. I don't even want to start thinking about what happened. But, and then after she got killed, then all of a sudden they put limit switches on this stuff that keeps, that stops the machine cold before it drags somebody up through there. So... And I can give you a long list of other things that have happened on jobs and places I've worked. I wasn't always there for these things, but I found out later on, And they don't care. OSHA doesn't show up before look y'all, I'm gonna give you a nasty little secret here. OSHA doesn't show up until somebody's been killed.
3: And they leave plenty of time. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I was working plenty at plenty of time.
2: I was working at an ITAM powerhouse in this crane. And the day I took off, this crane landed on the bag house in the place I was working. Killed this dude. Had a family. Killed him. Dead. And here it is. He had these small children, all of them. Now, she's a widow. Kids are orphans. And uh, he like, I, I mean, it could have been touch and go. I mean, I just happened to not be there the day that happened. Wow. And um, it landed, I mean, this crane. But what they come to find out, apparently this same crane same model had fallen over three other times. Wow. So OSHA doesn't show up until after somebody dies. Like, uh, there was Lopez food in Oklahoma city. I remember that one. Um, two Mexican dudes picked up this plywood off the roof. They were cleaning up things and you should write hole on the plywood.
3: Yeah. I was, I was told about that story. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So they picked it up and I wasn't there, but I knew all the guys that were, and apparently it wasn't written in Spanish. They picked this thing up. No, it
3: wasn't written. It wasn't written, and it wasn't nailed down. Because the apparently it was supposed to be written and nailed down, so you couldn't pick it up and walk away with it. Well, construction
2: jobs are safer now than they ever were when I first got into the game. But the point being, whether you're in construction or whether you're in railroad, whether no matter what you're in, y'all, you got to look out for number one. Because honestly, you're not going to tell me, first of all, that this isn't contrived. I'm not believing these trains just jump off the tracks all the time.
3: All at the same time.
2: Yeah. And then we have all, we we turned this place into a super fun site overnight, Kansas City. I remember interviewing a guy and they tried to shut it down when I was working at KMBZ. There was a guy, your mom got to know him a little bit and they were doing, they were, they were taking apart, man, I wish I could remember the name of that place. It was in Kansas City. They were basically taking these nukes apart. They didn't bother telling these folks and, um, man, it's two names. I can't think of it. But anyway, they were taking these nukes apart, decommissioning these nukes. Didn't bother telling the people working on it, oh, yeah, you're dragging all this radiation home on your clothes to your families. Murdered all these people. And that's exactly what it is because they know they're murdering them. Karen Silkwood. I mean, good night, y'all. And this is off the top of my head. Imagine what I could produce if I actually did a little research on this I'm giving you stuff off the top of my head. These people don't care about us. You better go out there, grow your food, store food, store as much as you possibly can. So what that all the naysayers are calling you hoarders? I don't care what they're saying about you. It doesn't even matter.
3: They ain't going to call you hungry.
2: That's right. (laughs) It ain't going to call you dead. Because if you're smart, what you're going to have to be. (sighs) Y'all, I'll be honest with you. I hate the fact that I used up almost all of the time in this podcast to even talk about this. But you got to know that this is getting worse and the attacks are legion. And they're coming from people that are probably controlled by legions of demons. These people hate the bones of you and your family. And the only solution you have right now is to build up your house. Remember that first, uh, the prime directive of permaculture. Take, immediately, take immediate ownership of yourself and your family. The same powers that shouldn't be encouraged everybody in this listening audience to go shoot yourself up with an experimental thing that they
3: knew would... It wasn't experimental. Yeah. It was intentional.
2: Yeah. Vietnam. They knew that Agent Orange, back ever since 1953, I want to say, they knew what it would do to everybody they dumped it on. They knew. Depleted uranium. You know, the same thing, the SABO rounds, they're shooting in Hellfire missiles and out of M1 tanks that depleted uranium that they didn't need, that they shot all over Iraq and Afghanistan. They knew what the effects would be forever in a day. It was originally never supposed to be used unless it was like scorched earth. They knew that, and they used it, and they're still using it. It's why the Russians are saying, you drop that depleted uranium, you bring your tanks over here, and you drop Sabo rounds over here, we're going to consider that a nuclear attack. Because guess what it's done? Yeah, you're not hearing about this story either. Iraq, Afghanistan. Do you know what birth defects are going on right now? Do you have any I, idea how many kids right now have been murdered over there in Iraq and Afghanistan because of the drinking water, the aquifers that are absolutely contaminated right now?
3: Like birth defects that I didn't even know were possible. I it, didn't know that things. I thought these were like horror movie type birth defects.
2: Yes. Yes. And we know what caused it. But you don't hear your prostitute media
3: talking about that. Or the increase of NICU babies. that that my wife is suffering with seeing. Yeah. Yeah. These babies look y'all, they
2: hate your guts. Maybe that's what we ought to call this podcast. Y'all I know this isn't happy and I'm not going to be able to get into the Q and a today and sorry for freestyling as long as I did, but it has got to be said You better go out there. I always said, you better wake up and smell the corruption or you're going to fall asleep drinking the hemlock. And right now, a lot of us are asleep and you're going to fall asleep drinking that hemlock. I detest having to talk about these things. But also, at the same time, I view this podcast to some extent because these are things I can never say on YouTube. and certainly couldn't say them at length. And who even knows that the way things are going, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to say it in a podcast format. But folks, I'm going to ask you, I don't, I don't often do this. I, can't, I don't know that I've ever done it. I'm going to ask you to send this thing far and wide. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's not fun. These are not pleasant topics. But we have got to cover this. And everybody you know needs to hear this. So look, folks, I mean, I guess maybe this isn't the week to ask you for a five star rating. But <laughs> if you can manage it. I mean, and if the algorithms are even close to honest, which we know they aren't, then maybe just maybe this might reach the people that need to hear this. I'm not trying to scare you, and folks, I remember I never offer solutions without provide. I never offer problems without offering solutions. So what are those solutions? I've already said them several times today. You're going to have to do the one thing. I don't care how introverted you are. You're going to have to go out there and try to make community. I don't care how much you feel like you're nesting in your home and you got everything squared away. Guess what? Do you make your own shoes? Well, guess what? You probably don't. Do you make your own clothing? Nope. Do you have a bunch of food put back? Yep. Do you have a secure place to put it? Well, guess what? You may have a person that lives off the beaten path that might, you know, maybe they have a rural property, but maybe they lack the funds to stock it. You see the connections I'm making here? These are the connections you need to make. Look, y'all, I'm going to have to get into the, in fact, maybe next episode, we'll go ahead and cover, we'll spend a fair piece of it covering a lot of Q and a, because there's a lot of important stuff out there. And I've written to a number of other people saying I'll cover it in the podcast. It's going to have to be in the next one. Y'all look, my goal for this podcast was not to freak you out, not to make you scared, but to empower you. Just like that girl took that boat and rode 3000 miles Something most of us would think an impossibility. But she did it. And that's exactly what we're going to have to do, y'all. We're in the fight of our lives. These people hate our guts. And we are going to have to stay alert.
3: Stay alive.